0: hero is integrity humanity and compassion in action the hero frequency is a thread of those qualities binding us all i'm Yasmin joy an empathic survivor of loss grief and more and every week i'll be sharing tips and tales that brought me to my mission of identifying and amplifying the hero frequency let's tune in and turn it up Welcome back. I want to ask you something. What do you think about good versus evil in the world? Or do you even believe that there's such a thing? There are a lot of different schools of thought on this, and I don't think that we have an absolute definitive answer. Maybe the universe sees things as completely neutral, but from a human standpoint, for our purposes of survival, community, and connection... I think that we have to have a more definitive answer and perspective on this. This is particularly true if we're going to talk about some form of restoration of humanity and maintaining its integrity for everybody. What do I think about it? Well, to answer that, we have to go way back. I've changed a lot. You know those how it started and how it's going memes? They're usually... Uh, created to show stark contrast between the before and afters, and usually with the contrast of calm versus chaotic, well, let's just say very relatable for me. I would say that I am the same person deep inside, but there are definitely a lot of things that have changed, um, in my, especially my perspective of the world and of people. There's just a lot more that I understand now. So some of the rules that I grew up believing in and stood steadfast by changed, not completely, but I carved out a space for expansion, um, for greater capacity for compassion, but also for survival. I would learn that especially when you're in uh, an environment that is hostile with people that were hostile, And this doesn't necessarily mean that they were hostile in an overt or physically demonstrative way. Though in some cases, I encountered that as well. Um, But aside from those incidents, my intimate circles for the following few decades after my brother's death comprised of hurt people who hurt people. Like really hurt people who did not know how to tend to their wounds but who would anesthetize their pain um, by doing whatever it took to feel validated um, and to feel a sense of power and control. Coming from where I was coming, I thought that if I gave these people the kind of love that I had growing up, problem solved, and then we would be shiny, happy people all living together, everyone reasonable and kind, having a good time. Mm Mm-hmm. You can quit laughing now. And you were right. It was definitely not the love shack. But I was totally unprepared for how unaffected these people were by someone being genuinely caring and loving. I gave to them what I would have wanted. But I didn't really consider that, though it came easily and naturally for me because of my background, how I grew up, Um, it was not the same for those people And it was not the same for a lot of people, apparently. My first hard lesson on this came through an abusive relationship. I'm going to tell you more about that relationship in another episode. But I wanted to give you a little bit of a timeline and also introduce him as the person who broke me into this other world, one that I was so far removed from that I didn't know what the hell I was looking at, what I was dealing with. But my gut knew. I just didn't listen to it and didn't trust it because we did everything right and my brother still died and my family still broke apart. So what did I know about anything anymore? And it didn't help that he constantly said and did whatever he could to keep me in self-doubt and under his control. Nearly a decade and two kids later, I was finally able to escape that relationship. When I say escape, it was very Katie Holmes-esque, minus the money and help. So I learned a lot from going through what I had to go through um, with a person that I would figure out later to be a sociopath. I'll tell you how I figured that out on that episode. So I got out of that relationship ready to take on the world pretty much because I figured there can't be anything to really worry about, right? Because he was a special case and I've already filled my quota of crazies. So everything's going to be good from here on out, right? I was so wrong. But have you ever been in a situation that was so awful that anything beyond that situation seemed like it would be amazing? and that you would never complain again. That's where I was. The celebration is definitely warranted, but when you just came fresh out of hell, the bar is really low. So your ability to assess what should be considered acceptable is a bit skewed um, and inaccurate at the moment. This is very common for people who have been through an abusive relationship. They won't necessarily get into anything as awful, but they often will settle for relationships that have other issues that would have been unacceptable had they not just gotten out of something so terrible. So the bar was lowered for me. I became friends with people that, before my brother's death, um, I probably would have never been friends with. Before my brother died, I was a nerd who... Stayed home or went to the mall with my family on the weekends, never smoked or drank. Well, obviously, I was also underage, but even through college, I didn't do that. I just didn't grow up with it, so it never appealed to me. And I think that I was always searching to recover some semblance of my family throughout the next decade. The point to all this being that even in my mid 20s and after having gone through all I'd been through, Including having had two kids. I was still really naive, but I was so excited to be out of that relationship that I felt that I just picked up where I left off when my brother died. I was bright eyed, bushy tailed again, and I was ready to do everything and was open to loving everyone because I was determined that that relationship wasn't going to taint um, my other relationships in the future, that I wasn't going to have anybody else pay for what someone else had done. My heart and soul was in the right place, but I had a hell of a lot to learn still, and I was about to learn all of it. It was at this point that I finally reunited with my surviving brother, who was the youngest of us three, And he had gone down a completely different track in his life. Um, And he had a lot of party friends. But I didn't mind that because I saw his friends as my younger brothers and sisters. I just loved and embraced them all. I felt like I understood where they were coming from. A lot of them came from broken families. And I felt like I was the big sister taking care of all of them. I wanted them to feel welcomed safe and really loved it was good for a minute um, but then it became challenging even heartbreaking someone I loved as a sister um, and was very protective of ended up basically just using me to get to my brother for someone so young she was extremely manipulative she would play dumb when she did awful things all the time and if she was able to trick people she would brag about it later And she latched on to anyone who had any clout in uh, social circles or the social scene. And if she didn't get what she wanted, she would usually have somebody to back her up um, because she was connected to everybody. And she had a reputation of being flaky and whiny, but because she also acted um, dopey and cute... People would just accept her flaws, step up to whatever it is she requested, and enable her constantly, never made her accountable for anything. I'm generalizing some of the characteristics of this person, um, but I don't want to get into the details. The details are pretty bad, but at least for this episode, I wanted to introduce a character and a relationship dynamic that would be a recurring theme. We'll call this person Shridi. Um, for future reference, because I don't want to use any common names, because it sucks to share a name with someone who's not a nice person in the story. So I had already met my future husband at this point. Um, Shreedi is out of the picture, and there were still a lot of colorful characters and headaches ahead before the next round of challenges ramped up. Before I get to that, I want to recap with a how it started and where it's going. So I started out my first 16 years of life with a loving, talented, vivacious mother who was an amazing homemaker and a father who was a hard worker, um, very honest, kind, uh, gentle, never even raised his voice at my mom or even at us, two hyper fun, mischievous little brothers, and a partridge in a pear tree. Never experienced drama, not even in school. No competitive catty girlfriends or toxic relationships. No physical abusers, drug abusers, not even stories of liars and cheats um, through my parents. Sixteen years old, my brother dies and a portal of darkness opens up. It is so destabilizing and disorienting that a sociopath comes into my path and I'm like, okay. A slew of party people come into my life, some more harmful than others, and I'm like, why not? So now what? Granted, I started at the bottom of the barrel, but my track record seemed to show improvement with each cluster F of people. Surely this next round is going to bring me to ground zero because I am getting ready to be in a domestic relationship. And the only people around me at this point are going to be family, like real family, led by kind, wise, loving adults, just like my parents before my brother died, and just like my grandmother. I had heard a lot about my husband's grandmother before meeting his family, and I was really looking forward to meeting her as well as the rest of the family because they seemed like they were very close-knit. So I was really excited and happy because my kids were finally going to have extended family and grandparents that are going to be in the picture to love them and cherish them, just like my grandmother did with her half-son. So I was really ready for this whole Ohana Fest. And one side of my husband's family seemed to be on the same page. They were very loving and welcoming. And there was not this hard line between blood and not blood. As luck would have it, take a wild guess which side the godfather grandmother was on. If you guess the loving, welcoming side, bless your optimistic heart. We can so be friends, but I'm just not going to take any lottery ticket recommendations from you. No offense. If you guess the side that would have me experiencing, witnessing, and researching to learn about the effects of generational trauma, abuse of all kinds, toxic matriarchs, toxic feminism, and narcissism um, in all its forms, then you are correct. Now, I know some of you may be wondering how I could be talking about my in-laws in this way. Well, first of all, I know that you don't know them, or most of you don't know them. You probably never will know them. And I talk about my own family And I know some of you don't think that family business should be mentioned in public at all. And I think that's perfectly fine. And in most cases, generally, that is a good rule. But I've done a lot of work to process the things I've gone through. um, And I've done a lot of listening to other people's stories. And I realize that families are uniquely positioned to enable and empower narcissists and other abusers. Now, this is a really important topic, and I'm going to save it for its own episode. But just in the context of the question I posed at the beginning of this episode, is there such thing as a good or bad person? And how do we identify the differences, if so? And finally, what can we do as a person who is on the frequency and wants to help humanity? I've wrestled with these questions for decades because I was really trying to understand the world better and understand people better and make better decisions on who I want in my circle and in my life. Because whatever happens to me doesn't stop with me. It affects all the people that love me and the people that I love and all the potential people that I will get to know and love. But it doesn't stop there. It can affect what I'm able to create and contribute to the world. So I needed to know, who are my people? Who are the people who are genuinely kind, compassionate, humane, even if they've made mistakes and bad choices in life, even if they're an addict, even if they're in jail? Who are the genuinely good people? Because we know there are wicked people that have never done drugs, cruel people who go to church every single Sunday and throw out Bible verses like confetti and inhumane people who hide their darkness behind their works of art. The one characteristic that I've found these types of people to share is a sense of entitlement and the need to have power and control over people. When you have a sense of entitlement, that means you see yourself above another person. From that point, it's not a far reach from the state of inhumanity. With all that in mind, with Sridi, she was young, even though she did have an unusual um, level of comfort with cruelty and employing manipulation tactics. But hopefully she's changed. I would give her that benefit of the doubt. However, with the grandmother, because she is completely sober and older, um, supposedly wiser, and very deliberate in the front that she poses for the family as their matriarch. I feel like her cruelty is indicative of who she is as a person. Whew, this was a pretty intense episode, um, so I'm going to give you three takeaways. Number one, true goodness is rooted in genuine kindness and compassion for others, not just the extensions of your ego, such as your class, club, family, etc., Number two, the taboo should be in the harming of others, not in the speaking of the harm that others have done. I do want to add a caveat to this. In most cases, you should really give the person that you have a grievance with the chance to change or to explain themselves. In my case, I'm not going to get into specifics again, but anyone who knows me in real life knows that I am not a person who is stingy about communication or connection at all. So the final takeaway I want to give to you is to remember that self-entitlement is a gateway for inhumanity. Being aware of these will help you better recognize who's who um, to protect yourself as well as to know who you want to support and empower in the world. If you enjoyed this, please help me on my mission to amplify this frequency by sharing this episode with one person. Every day is an opportunity to exercise your integrity, humanity, and compassion, including for yourself. May you go with the company of good, the endurance of love, the beauty of wonder, and the dignity of kindness. Thanks for tuning into to The Hero Frequency.